Hello, this is Rise Rocket Radio, episode 191, recorded on Sunday, the 15th of October, 2017, at 49 minutes past 10 and 48 seconds in the evening. It is almost 11 o'clock, just the wrong 11 o'clock. But we are back. Has only been a week since the last podcast, so that can't be bad. And since I'm doing a few more podcasts lately, maybe I should introduce myself. I'm Roy Martha, a writer. And you have tuned in to Rise Rocket Radio, the UK podcast for the pop culture geek, technology nerd, and creative media wizard. Let's start with my personal news. I can make no bones about this and feel a bit awkward saying this, but I need iTunes reviews. I keep producing this show and I will continue to do so, but I need help because the horrible, brutal truth is that after almost five years and even a few thousand downloads a month, I think my best month, I had 4,300 downloads. I still have only three iTunes reviews, and that is holding me back. Because without reviews, there's no word of mouth, and without word of mouth, this podcast can only get so big and not go any further, and I would like it to be a bit more successful. And yes, I do know that that is down to the content, which I am trying to improve, but I need reviews. Because not only do reviews get me more listeners, reviews mean that I know what I'm doing right, and I know what I'm doing wrong as well. And if I know what I'm doing wrong, then I can make the content more geared to what you want to hear. So it is really in both our interests that there are more reviews. Another thing to add is that this podcast is free of charge to listeners. And while it is free to you, it costs considerable time, not to mention money, once you factor in the hosting and the equipment I have had to buy and the time I have needed to both learn how to use it and do these things every week. I said in a tweet that it takes me about 20 hours on average per episode. That's a conservative estimate. If, say, like tonight, I've had to produce a show which is a bit longer than most shows, I have had to write the equivalent of an essay in show notes. And if you look up the show notes for this podcast, you'll see what I mean. There is five sheets of closely typed text in front of me. What I'm trying to say is that there is a cost in producing these podcasts. I do like doing them. In fact, I love doing them. But it would help if I had support. While I'm saying this, I'm waving my hands around awkwardly because I am a bit uncomfortable about this. Soon, I will get round to setting up some kind of voluntary donation mechanism. 
Other than that, you can also buy a flash drive archive of all episodes and all notes. But that's coming in the future. What I really need for you to do, sorry if I'm repeating myself, that's right, you listening right now to Rise Rocket Radio, is to show your support by leaving an iTunes review. That's it for that thing that I wanted to get out of the way with, and I'm sorry if it sounds like lecturing, I'm honestly not trying to do that, but I have left it too long, and it is important that I get those reviews. Okay, and the next thing that we segue awkwardly to, which is funny because the next thing is almost more cringeworthy than the last thing, and that is an update on geek dating. Or rather, Roy dating, but since Roy is a geek, and I'm talking about myself in the third person again, it kind of makes sense that I've called this section Geek Dating Update. Last week, I mentioned that I have started to use apps such as, or rather specifically, Dragonfruit, Bumble, eHarmony, Happen, OkCupid, Plenty of Fish, Shardy, Tinder, and Trek Passions. Here comes the momentous update. Nothing has happened. Still single. And how do I feel about that? Well, I don't expect to be instantly in a relationship, but I'm hardly happy about it, and sadly, hardly surprised either. Dating is hard at the best of times, and though these apps put a gamified gloss on dating, they are mostly just ways of getting the lonely to part with cash. If I sound bitter, look, I think I'm being fairly objective because I have compared notes with a friend who is much younger than myself and is also signed with a couple of the same apps. And while he had marginally better results than me, it has still not resulted in a single real-life date. Humbug. Also, because of the location function in many of these apps, it feels slightly wrong swiping left on people you actually know in real life. My advice? If you are a man, try making a fool of yourself in real life. Politely, though, of course. The moment you see someone you are interested in, ask. Because what have you got to lose? And why so soon? This isn't the usual kind of advice you hear. You're usually told to take your time and get to know someone slowly, but you do have to make some kind of move. So I don't think that it is hasty. I'm saying this because on several occasions I haven't taken my own advice I'm giving out now. And like almost, okay, metaphorically speaking, a second later, I will find out that that person I fancied is already no longer footloose and fancy free. 
which makes me sound about a hundred. If you are a woman, sure, you can just be the object of attraction, but why be so passive? I know that it's easy, or at least I'm guessing that it's easy just to wait and be asked, but you might find that if you do that, you may just be settling instead of actually ending up with someone you actively want. Don't be lazy. Oh yeah, and one last piece of advice and then I'm done. Women, stop putting pictures of your kids on Tinder. I know that you're trying to be honest and upfront about having kids, but it really comes off as weird and creepy. Just say that you have them in your profile. Okay, I'm not an agony aunt, just a man trying to meet a woman, so don't expect any more advice. Besides which, even talking about this stuff makes me sweat through my hoodie, and as I'm saying it, I'm thinking, hmm, should I just delete that entire section? Well, we'll see. All that remains to be said is that if something happens for me on the dating front, Either with the apps or in real life, I'll let you know. Even if talking about this stuff does make me cringe a little. Yeah, I still haven't decided whether I'm going to let this stuff get out there. And I'm thinking maybe I'm oversharing because it certainly feels that way. But how can I report on the state of dating or rather non-dating without actually talking about some of my own experiences? And on that note, come to think of it, I have actually talked about things a lot more awkward than that in my blog, so I'll probably have to go to my blog and edit those things out before anyone finds them. If you want to dig the dirt on Roy, I suggest you go to roymartha.wordpress.com before it's too late and I clean things up. Next, the flu vaccination. It's flu season and I had the annual vaccination recently. In fact, a bit earlier than most. Unless you are over 65 or for some other health reason have been offered it for free via the NHS, you will have to pay for it. The good news is it isn't that expensive. It cost me £12.99, that's £12.99 pence at Boots, though so shop around and you can get it for as low as £9. I know that the UK's biggest competitor to Boots is offering it for that price. The vaccination offers some protection, not complete protection, but some against a few different strains of flu, and in its injected form is a lot more effective than the nasal spray version of the vaccine, which is, I believe, still offered to some NHS patients. I have read that some scientists believe that the nasal spray vaccine is almost completely useless. And about that vaccine, I did have a reaction, which is normal, as 
the antibodies need to do their thing, but this year the reaction was really quite bad. Not quite as bad as full-blown flu, but still pretty awful. I was feverish and achy, and that lasted a good few days this week. It also put a crick in both producing the last podcast, which is why it went out a little late, and writing, but I'm nearly completely better now. While I can't really offer any advice about the flu vaccine, because I'm not a medically trained professional and that would be irresponsible, personally I think it's worth it because I get really horrible flus that lay me out for far longer than other people, and I tend to get them more than once a year. So for me, having the vaccine means it's one less thing to worry about in my ongoing, annoying, though not serious, catalogue of minor ailments. Don't even ask. The next personal bit of news that I wanted to talk about is Blade Runner 2049. And why am I not talking about this in the film section? It's because I haven't seen it yet. And I've been agonising over whether to see it or not, because in my heart I feel sure that it will be completely terrible. I'm scared that if I don't go to see it, and it turns out to be really good, then I'll feel really terrible. I have been annoying everyone I know, asking for hints about the film, asking them whether it's good or not, and then demanding that they don't tell me anything. It can be really annoying talking to me. The other thing is, seeing films at the cinema is really expensive, but, oh, I want to see it, and I'm terrified of seeing it, as I love the original so much. Don't know what to do. Maybe I'll see it tomorrow, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll be moaning about the same thing next week. Alright, that is the personal news bit done today, and let's get on to TV. The Exorcist 2017. This is William Peter Blatty's and William Friedkin's excellent 1974 movie. Adapted to TV. This is a well-acted contemporary adaptation, which starts off okay, but quickly begins to feel padded out. Remember to take what I'm saying in this podcast with a grain of salt, not because it isn't true, but because you need to formulate your own opinion. But if I was talking to someone who was exactly like me, I would say save yourself from a long, boring arc and just watch the original 1974 movie, which also has the not inconsiderable benefit of starring the fantastic Max von Sydow. And that's my opinion of the new TV show, The Exorcist. Next, Inhumans, another show for this year. This is Marvel's 
other branch of genetically enhanced humanity, originally created by the alien Kree as super soldiers to fight the Skrulls, but later abandoned to form their own feudal society led by their king, Black Bolt, in their moon city of Attilan. That was a really long sentence, and that is a completely amazing premise. And I have to wonder what the hell Jack Kirby was smoking back in 1965 to come up with this level of crazy. What a fantastic imagination and props to Jack Kirby. I said props. Did I use that right? Sorry if the younger listeners are out there cringing. Welcome to the club. But I am trying. In the show, Ewan Rion, the actor who played Ramsay Bolton in Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, he is typecasted alright. Is Maximus, Black Bolt's non-superpowered brother who instigates a coup d'etat against the royal family of Attilan. Black Bolt and his allies flee to Earth, Hawaii actually, and that's where I left it. After two episodes, which is all I managed, I decided that this isn't for me. It's okay, but it's a little too soap opera for me, and I can see if this lasts more than a season, It may just run and run and run, and nothing really interesting is going to happen. They'll be padding this out forever. I don't know, though, as I have been wrong before. For example, Sherlock. I think I waited a year or more before getting into Sherlock, because I was such a fan of the original books. And it turned out to be really good. So I could be wrong. Maybe give it a try and it will work out for you. And that was Inhumans 2017. Next, Mr. Robot 2017. Rami Malek is back as the brilliant anarchistic hacker with multiple personalities. To me... It seems like this show is now on season a million, but it's actually only season three. I think it's good stuff and probably the best show on TV, despite the fact that it feels like I've been watching this forever. Maybe I'm just watching too much TV. Anyway, back to this show. It has a solid and mostly accurate portrayal of hacking and hacking tools. I remember in the previous season, they actually used a Raspberry Pi, and in the first episode of season three, I can see Elliot, our hero, on his laptop, and he is using Kali Linux. And if you're a non-geek, what the hell are you doing listening to the show? But... Kali Linux is a version of Linux specifically tailored to penetration testing. 
So it's like a hacker's toolkit for your laptop. And my opinion of the show after that <laughs> rousing endorsement? Yes. Yes, you need to watch this. Next, The Juice, 2017. James Franco in this yet another retro-look type series about the rise of the pornography industry in 1970s New York. The excellent Maggie Gyllenhaal is also in it, though judging by her comments when she talks about the show and romanticises about the porn industry, I would guess that she is still in the grip of method acting madness. Usually I find James Franco's acting a little hit or miss, but so far his acting is the most interesting thing in this show with him playing twins. This isn't the newest or most novel acting to do, and some actors have done it before, but it always fascinates me to see the same person on the screen at the same time with the help of CGI acting with another actor who just happens to be themselves. I'm amazed that I even read my notes properly. Okay, next. Ah, and before I forget, yes, that was a bit of a long spiel, so I was talking about The Juice, a new show just started a few weeks ago, I believe. And just before this podcast started, I watched the season, and in fact the series finale of Halt and Catch Fire. I enjoyed it, but I wish it hadn't started winding down in the penultimate episode and continued winding down to a positive but fairly downbeat ending. What I'm saying is I just wish it was a bit more geeky, but it was okay, and they have wrapped the series up completely now. It's definitely not coming back. It's done, and the actors are going to move on to something else. But I did really enjoy it. That was Halt and Catch Fire, the series finale that I just watched before this podcast. And on to movies now. It. Do I even need to talk about this movie? Because I'm pretty sure just about everyone has seen it. But if you haven't, don't worry. This is all going to be spoiler-free. It is about some children in a rural town who go missing and a group of nerdy kids who call themselves the Losers Club who investigate. This is an okay adaptation of a fairly boring Stephen King novel, which I can say without guilt because I am a Stephen King fan. While it's okay and well acted, it isn't scary. And it yet again taps into the latest Stranger Days trend for nostalgia and comes off more like a high-quality young adult mystery film. And that's IT 2017. Next, The Dark Tower 2017, Idris Elba's Roland Deschain 
is on a mission to kill Matthew McConaughey's, whose damn name I can never spell. I can never spell McConaughey. Every single time I have to use that name in a podcast, I have to Google it. Matthew McConaughey plays Walter Paddock, a.k.a. Randall Flagg, a.k.a. The Dark Man, a.k.a. The Walking Man, from the Stephen King mythos. This one is even less scary than it, and seems squarely aimed at children, which is totally bizarre, because the books very definitely are not. If, like me, you are a fan of Stephen King's The Dark Tower series of novels, you will not like this. The best I can say about it is that it is very well acted, has good effects, and is relatively inoffensive. I think even quite young children could probably watch this without getting nightmares, and I cannot get my head around how this adaptation even got made. What happened? Oh well, and that's The Dark Tower 2017. I know that there is, or there at least was, a TV show in the works for The Dark Tower, as well as the film, and maybe the film was a way of testing the water for whether a TV show would work. I don't know what's going to happen now. Ah, I'm so annoyed that I've got to get on to the next movie, otherwise I'm just going to start shouting at my monitor. Let's get on to the next movie and leave The Dark Tower for now, or forever, in fact. American Made 2017. The moment I saw the trailer for this movie, I thought Air America. And as soon as I started watching it, my suspicions were confirmed. This is Air America, but about 10 years on, with the CIA running drugs and guns to arm their allies in South America. And by allies, I mean. A whole bunch of despicable people who just happen to be anti-communist. I thought it was fun, and despite being, in inverted commas, based on a true story, surprisingly topical and informative, resembling in places The Lord of War from 2005 and JFK from 1991. There are these artful little news clips of the arch-hypocrisy of Reagan's Just Say No anti-drugs campaign headed by Nancy Reagan, whilst all the time using the illegal drugs trade to finance and arm these anti-communist insurgents. There's also clips of Bush Sr. and some actor playing Oliver North. If you want to untangle what's real and what's not, I found this really excellent article at Slate. And the article's called What's Fact and What's Fiction in American Made by Ellen Stein. And I've put a hyperlink in the show notes. 
Domhnall Gleeson is also in this. He plays a CIA officer. And at a point in the film offers us the line, We get the Iranians to arm the Contras. And then flashes a deranged smile straight at the camera. This is total comedic acting genius and had me grinning ear to ear. That's a moment worth waiting for. So if you're only going to wait for that one line, watch this movie. I did find it really entertaining. And out of all the movies that I've mentioned so far, the most entertaining. And from the most entertaining to utter pants with Victor Frankenstein 2015, Daniel Radcliffe is Igor, a scientific savant rescued by the brilliant but deranged James McAvoy Victor Frankenstein from a terrible, cruel life in the circus. (laughs) I don't know why that's funny. It just sounds funny. In look and tone, the movie has a sort of steampunk, hyperkinetic guy, Richie Sherlock Holmes vibe. Sounds good, yeah? But the tagline for this movie is Meet Your Makers. You know where I'm going to go with this. And someone should track down the makers of this dreadful movie with an axe. It just doesn't work, and I could only survive 30 minutes into this before throwing up my hands and saying, pa. Well, I didn't say pa. I said another word. Another large part of the problem is James McAvoy's acting, which is hammy enough that he could open a chain of wildly successful charcuteries. I don't understand why he is so awful in this movie, but then he was pretty rubbish in Split, So, maybe he's gone all Al Pacino already. You know, given up acting and taken up really bad pantomime. I feel sorry for Daniel Radcliffe for having signed up to play opposite McAvoy. I hated this movie. Pants, pants, pants with a capital P. While you could watch other movies without too much damage, avoid this one unless you are okay with self-harm. And that's it for movies. (laughs) On that positive note. And that is it for today. And now I've got a whole load of editing to do. I have no idea whether I'm going to be editing this today or tomorrow, but this podcast will be out pretty soon. As always, you can find me via my business website, which is roymartha.com, R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R.com. Or better still, just go to my blog, which is roymartha.wordpress.com. You can also find me on Twitter, berating my followers to give me an iTunes review. And my Twitter handle is at roymartha. If you like the show, tell a friend about Roy's Rocket Radio. If you don't like the show, tell an enemy about Roy's Rocket Radio. Either way, we both win.
And did I mention giving me a review in iTunes? Well, I'll mention it again, just to drive the point home with a hammer. And that's it. This was Roy's Rocket Radio, episode 191, recorded on Sunday, the 15th of October, 2017. And the time at the end of the show is, it's still miraculously Sunday, 11.26 and 55 seconds. Thanks for listening, and bye for now. Bye!